right, welcome to VG Empire episode 41. Uh, this is your host, Brett Elston. Brett Elston on various social outlets, VGEmpire.com is the website you can direct your love and comments because I need them for fuel to live. And I am joined by two guests this episode. Henry Gilbert, hey all. Hi, Henry. Dave Rudden. Dave Rudden. Um, this episode's all about Zelda. Yay! Uh, it's a series that I feel rather strongly about as a man with four Zelda tattoos, <laughs> and probably getting my fifth this year since Wind Waker HD is coming out. It's been a while since you got one. 2010 was my last one. It's the link to the past, um, mm. drawn by Tyler Wilde. Now uh, that uh, tattoos in the past, it is. Wow! If I could go back in time and do it again, I would have. <laughs> would you transform into a bunny first? Uh, no, it'd be the same world. Oh, I don't need right. a moon pearl to save me from that, Ooh. Henry. Um, but yeah, so Zelda, this is kind of hard because I did not have the amount of preparation going into this that I did with Castlevania where I had like weeks to kind of think about it. Uh-huh. I was out of VG Empires. I knew we were coming here today and I'm like, oh, oh God, we just need to get this out of the way. So it's going to be split into two parts. These are, They'll probably be separated by an episode or two. I don't mm. want to get them all in one. So this will take us from what brought us in, title screen, Legend of Zelda. We'll go through Ocarina of Time. I feel like that's, uh-huh. a, that's, a, good, that's a good stopping point. Yeah. And then after that is a lot of great stuff, too. So that song that brought us in, uh, and I can't stress this enough, and I'm sure I've said it elsewhere, Talk Radar, Laser Time, wherever else. That song is like beyond influential to me because um, you think about playing Mario in very bouncy, silly music, and the mm-hmm. game itself is fun. Um, Ragtime almost. Rag- yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and then you think about other games of the era, and I mean, you get into like, you know, I didn't experience all these in chronological order because, you know, I saw it for the first time. Like, it was out in 87, so the mm-hmm. NES had been out for a year or two. Um, but, you know, so seeing them around, you know, Castlevania had a sense of depth and, and gravity to it, um, but it was still only left to right. Yeah. yeah and there was, there was this path I was on, and the title screen was just push start. <laughs> but that's even after you push start. Zelda is yeah. a game where you turn it on, and immediately you're hit with that opening jingle. Yeah. And the waterfall is there, the sword, the ivy growing on the yeah. logo, and it so much immediately tells you, like, this is an adventure. This is not a thing you're going to just do today. Well, just that one note is like, Meh. oh, yeah. Like, here, it begins. It's, it's like, like a bunch what? of strings, a violin slowly being pulled across. It's so, like, and then the screen fades to black, and then these, like, boom, boo, doo, 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 and you can feel these, in your head, you're feeling these drums come in, mm-hmm. and then this, the, the story, it starts scrolling, and it starts telling you this very basic story, but as a kid, it's already taxing your reading ability and all the proper <laughs> yes. nouns are gold or you know red ganon has stolen the triforce from <laughs> zelda and you're like oh my god ganon no <laughs> a tradition that's still yes. <laughs> i i thought of that recently playing uh i uh turned on the original metal gear recently and oh, yeah. uh it was it's the same with like zelda when you play it you're like no oh, this is this is the patchwork of every game in the series that followed it yeah like this it's all here, like yeah, it's, all the steps. And, and I wonder, like, for people who grew up and maybe Ocarina was their first one, or even Wind Waker was their first one, uh-huh. or, or you know, Link's Awakening, or you know, one of the handheld games. I'm just like, none of the other games have this same feeling to me. Like Ocarina, I could definitely see because there's that mm. very slow Ocarina song while it's painting over Hyrule Field. And yeah. I, I, that's kind of the same feeling, but like. It's just, it was so crucial in, like, shaping who I became. Like, turning that on and, like, being fused to the floor of, like, this is incredible. 
because I had I was lucky enough to have that kind of idyllic Calvin and Hobbes backyard uh-huh. grow like growing up. So like middle of nowhere, so like that adventuresome spirit was very so much something I had, yeah. and it made me like I'm just going to go out and go that direction, and I'm going to get mm. cut up, I'm going to get ticks, and I'm going <laughs> to be covered in grass stains. I'm going to fall out of a tree. I'm probably going to get soaked at some point, falling into a creek, and then I'm going to come back and my god, childhood. Like yeah, and as. The legend of the Legend of Zelda yes. says that's what inspired me. Miyamoto exactly. was inspired by that scene. Exactly. So it's like finding caves around there and seeing mm. like that, that, like that, which that's also, stuff I, also, I was doing. So I also feel like that inspired the cartoon Adventure Time, which is why the Adventure Time TV video yeah. game is a Zelda. Is there for yeah, yeah. Way Forward did a great job. Yeah, uh, Zelda Two homage. If you can deal with the backtracking and stuff, who would ever do a Zelda Two homage? <laughs> so like, weird, it's so man. Crazy, but uh, that's for later. And the soundtrack is incredible. Yeah. Uh, Jake Coughlin does it again. Um, uh, I think. Uh, I think that. I think that might be Koji Kondo's best. Like, yeah, the, yeah that's worth bringing up too. Koji Kondo is the um, composer. He has signed my gold copy, my, oh, NES, wow. my NES cart. Carolyn. Uh, when they were doing the that's right they, when they that's were doing right. the uh, the um, concert series in 2011 mm-hmm. and through 2012, Carolyn got to go interview uh, Alnuma and Koji Kondo, mm-hmm. and I gave her my gold NES cart and my GameCube Twilight Princess, <laughs> and had them both sign uh, that. And while that's one very awesome, I have Kondo and Alnuma's signature on mm-hmm. my NES Zelda gold cart, which I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the best part is he took out this gold pin to try to sign the Twilight Princess in gold, Alnuma, and he starts drawing, and it's not. He like takes, <laughs> tries to mark, tries to mark again. It's not doing it, and he just looks up, Mistako, uh. <laughs> and asks for a different pin. So every time I see that, I just think of Alnuma holding my copy and being like, ah, "Goddamn pin ran out of ink." <laughs> but Mistako was uh, so great. But so yeah. Uh, then you push start, you play Zelda, and this wide world opens up, and again, it's very hard. Like, mm-hmm. if you're 10 years younger than us, which many of you are, that feeling you had playing Ocarina of, like, it just opens, and even less so in Ocarina, though, because there is somewhat of a guiding path. Yes. Like, you start, you're a boy mm-hmm. in the forest, you're the boy without a fairy, the Deku, Deku tree wants to see you, blah, 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 blah. You get a little direction of what you're supposed to do, but then even Ocarina at times just goes, figure it out. Yeah. Um, Zelda 1 was very much, screen opens, um, you get, here you go. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I guess I'll walk in this first hole. I see. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Okay, that's it. That's literally yeah. it. You have no more help. And I just remember. And I know kid time is distorted. <laughs> yeah. Everything seems seventy times longer than it actually was. But that was one of those games that just months mm-hmm. people would just play. There was no internet. There was no like you, all you had was Nintendo Power to tell you. Hints. It was like you talk about it on the schoolyard. Yeah, and be like, oh, if you know if you bomb this wall inside, you open them, there's a heart piece in there. I don't believe you. <laughs> and you have to go check it out yourself. And you're like, that, that asshole was right. Well, and that you to go back, like to, to have a save, to have a game that you can That's true. return also, to over and over. Pioneering again. a save feature as well. Though I, I wasn't ready for Zelda when it first came out. Well, when I first played it, it was probably 89. I think I was seven. Yeah, well, I would have been seven uh, in 89, but... To me, at that point, games were uh, Mario and games like Mario. Like, Castlevania was almost too much confusing for me. So mm-hmm. to have something where it's like, just go, go just somewhere. Go. Like, it really... I'm, I wasn't ready for Zelda until I played Link's Awakening, honestly. Mm, like, see. So, yeah, like, also what people love about Dark Souls. Yeah. That's basically yeah. Zelda 1. It's true. It's just, you will die. Prepare to, <laughs> like, you will lose, and you will start over, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to figure this out every single step of the way. 
And but that became such a reward whenever you would realize I can't get the white sword till I have this many hearts, and I this is the best quickest order I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard my friend has another sword in that graveyard that I've got to figure <laughs> out how to get to, but I can't I can't mess with that. Oh look, there's level five. Okay, now I'll go in here and I get the whistle. I found a dungeon. Whoa! Yeah. Like just 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 that sense of discovery was completely absent from every other game that was on that system, and that's what. But then also the story I have of going to a friend's house and the first time I saw it, I, we had talked about it. I'd seen it in magazine. I had gone over and it was already in the game, in, in the NES, and we're already playing it. Mm-hmm. And then, but the first time I actually saw the cart, uh, walk in a friend's room, and there's this beam of light coming in. <laughs> and it's, you know, the sun is at that exact correct angle, and the <laughs> wow. window is coming in, and it's shining directly on that gold thing, and it's like, Simpsons when Lisa walks into the girl's room and the trophy is so, shining so bright that she's just, ah. <laughs> And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's Zelda. What? And looking at that, and now that uh, the symbol is tattooed on my left arm. Uh, the, the crest with the two hearts, the key, and the lion. It's uh, too cool. Um, too good. Uh, let's do Zelda one songs really quick. Yes. Um, these are all super brief, obviously, because, mm. you know. Uh, again, Koji Kondo. Uh, we're going to do, I mean, there's only so many songs from this. Uh, Overworld, the Labyrinth song, and I think we'll just come back uh, after that. Labyrinth music. I think a long time ago I did a best ten best Zelda songs on Games Radar. Yeah, yeah and I, I think, think I think I put this as number one. I could see that, and see and that. I know like it's this is very much a personal thing, and, mm-hmm. and I agree it's not. You could argue why it's just flat out wrong, but I really think like as if the if the purpose of music is to accentuate a mood, mm-hmm. and not just to be a melodic thing you remember and want to listen to. And it's true, I don't want to listen to that labyrinth music over and over and over again, like I do the Overworld or even the title screen. 
Uh, but that's so in, in so invokes yeah. uh, that feeling of dread of being lost in this thing where like everything down here hurts me, everything I see wants to kill me, every door I open is a bad <laughs> idea. I have no idea what I'm doing. I could open the door and I'm at the boss and I didn't want to be. Ah, like everything yeah. about it is tension, 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 and that song wraps that up so nicely. And that's why I thought it was like that's one of the best pieces of music. Uh, and that also goes. This is something I've, if I ever interviewed Kondo and other people who've been around long enough to do eight bit music on to the present to the modern day, mm-hmm. is like when you have a soundtrack and only have four songs to work with. I wonder if it's that much harder, not because of the limitations yeah. of the technology, but more like. I only get four songs to make a stamp on this game. Mm. Whereas Ocarina, it's like, oh, I get to make an overworld. I can make a shop. I get to make a town. I get to make a castle. I get to make a loading screen. A loading, like all kinds of different places I can use to strike a mood for this Mm. game. And this is Zelda 1. I need a song that captures every piece of the overworld everywhere. (laughs) everywhere. And then Dungeon, this has to fit every dungeon. Like, that's, I think that's really challenging. And this couldn't be more better. Couldn't Mm. be more better. They I, almost have alternate versions if you're down to what was it like under three hearts or oh, just yeah. one heart Beep. where Beep. where that would that would take up some of the sound, sound card chain. yeah so it removes one of the layers yeah so I just remember when you're hearing that underworld uh, the dungeon theme yeah yeah and you're down to like your last hearts it, it it's even more it's even like, more grueling yeah because yes. it's dropping like every other note in that song and, I'm like, and you oh usually end up with this the game over <laughs> uh, so beautiful. Back when I played Zelda for the first time, I never chose retry because oh. I didn't know what the word meant. Oh, and I read uh, it as retry. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I yeah, don't I know. know what that means. I know what continue and I know what end means. So remember the you remember the text it would be on the screen that's about holding reset before you turn the game off kind of thing. No. Uh, so me and my friend Josh, creative assassin, okay. uh, we ended up having lyrics to this. So it's like. <laughs> Caution to avoid damaging game info. Save holding reset button as you turn the power off. So you will want to use some caution to avoid damaging game. And so forth. <laughs> it's like the John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt of. And it loops forever. So you will want to use some caution to. Never ends. Uh, well, that that patter is the pretty much the same now for Nintendo when they tell you to be careful. Yeah, <laughs> careful. It's been 13 minutes since you started playing. <laughs> oh God, I hate that. I think they Take say a that break. It, they say that in a million games, but I think it is the best. The 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 total example of that is the purple Luma from yeah. Mario Galaxy Two. Like, he's, have uh, you hugged your mom today? <laughs> <laughs> is she downstairs. <laughs> That's basically turning into Towley. <laughs> yep. Um, sorry. Uh, so that moves us into Zelda 2. Because I don't... Mm-hmm. Like Zelda 1, like, that's the music. But, like, every single song, you know, that, that main overworld theme would become, like, that's the Zelda music. And that started with Zelda 1. The, you know, letterboxing kind of opens up. Boom. There you go. Yep. Just like um, every Mario game after... Yeah. The first one has to have something involving that music some play on that music zelda has to follow that too um and yeah just that feeling of adventure man like that zelda one it's pretty hard to play now i definitely agree and i would love to see them like remake zelda one ocarina style or at least 3d game style like zero mission style well i mean i'd be fine with that too Uh Uh, i mean i would love to just see that game reborn in some fashion Uh, a zero mission style remake would be great too but i also like the idea of 
You know, use use some like whatever the next Zelda is they they make a proper mm. one. Like use the guts of that to then just go build, redo the eight dungeons, and that's the problem. Is that game is huge? Yeah, to recreate that all in a meaningful way is pretty tall order. Um, I also you know I don't know. It's hard because you'd want to like introduce some kind of gameplay mechanic because if you just mm. turn it into three D, it's like well, a lot of these weapons were meant to work on a. XY coordinate, not an XYZ coordinate. Yeah. So it'd be it'd be basically making a brand new game. It's just the, those enemies and that overworld and that that those bosses. Like I would love to just see those. And, well, and, there, there already was that three um, D dot game hero, which basically yeah. was a Zelda remake. Like, well, which was a lot of fun. It's fun, but it's not that. Okay. Uh, Oracle of Seasons is sort of sim- pretty, yeah, because well, it started as them they yeah. were remaking it, and yeah. then Capcom, alas, uh, Nintendo decided to do. I think that's why you won't see a full on remake. But then again, they are remaking. They just did two remakes, but it used to be Miyamoto. You'd hear these the the, the behind the scenes stories you would read is that. They said, oh, let's start making this as a copy of Zelda 1. And then Miyamoto's like, that's not creative enough. Let's think of something new. Delay it two years. <laughs> right, which is admirable from a creation yeah. standpoint. But it's like, sometimes I just do want a remake. But then in the modern day, if I mean, you know, it's the whole mm. Final Fantasy VII remake thing. It's like, if you really want that to be remade today, mm-hmm. that's tens of millions of dollars. And yeah. it's going to have to take the place of whatever the next numbered entry of the game they were ever going to do. Yeah. And well, while that may be a good idea, it's just like, I mean, do you want to get shackled into having to, like, Yeah, I can only make Final Fantasy VII games from now on? Like, I'm a creator. I want to create things. So it's that's, tough. it's tough. Um, so moving into Zelda 2, uh, Akito Nakatsuka um, mm. did the music to Punch-Out, Clue Clue Land, wow. other early NES stuff, and I think the most recent thing uh, was Brain Age. Oh, really? So he's kind of one of those guys who's been there the whole time. Um, those Nintendo lifers. That, uh, yep. Um, and Zelda 2 was, as we all know, a black sheep, odd duck, and other uh, animals that <laughs> yeah. that denote oddness. Ugly duckling. Mm-hmm. Ugly duckling. I already well, did a, I I already did a duck, ugly, so. I think it's, okay, fine. But it, it's turned into a beautiful swan in sort time. Of. I feel, well, I. I actually really I, like Zelda 2 a lot. I still have trouble playing. It's, playing but it. that, that, this is another, this, this game is emblematic of something that was happening at the time was, a lot of twos were just breaking the molds completely, and that mm. uh, that they set did. a tone for like. I wonder if that conditioned a generation <laughs> to accept change easier, mm. because Mario Two was not Mario One, Castlevania Two was not Castlevania One, Zelda Two was not Zelda One. They were mm. not even close. None <laughs> of those games bore any resemblance. Yeah. Castlevania Two being the closest, and even it's yeah. this like this is what you learned, and that doesn't apply here. And Mega Man Two is the black sheep yeah. of those black uh, yeah. sheep. <laughs> um, Metroid Two was you know Game Boy, and you're fighting Metroids. I mean that's and you're like huge, but yeah, you're, like, you're huge. So like the yeah. scale is all after with yeah. So it's 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 just like we just kind of accepted. Oh, so everything's going to be different all the time. Got it. Uh-huh. And then it was like actually, whoop, let's go back to the way things were. <laughs> yeah. Once they get around to Super NES, they're like, no, no, no. This yeah. it's just well, prettier even, versions of the thing you yeah, got. Well, even Mario Three was like, no, no, no. Here you go. Yeah, that, but that was. I know that's because we so did. long in the thing they'd already learned that lesson. Yeah, and I know it's not this Doki Doki Panic. Yes, we all know. <laughs> like, imagine if you lived through it. You know what Imagine still hearing that every you day. You know what I really hate when people try to bring up the Doki Doki Panic thing is they don't know like. Doki Doki Panic was still the Mario team. It was yeah. made by Team EAD, and they were, from what interviews I've read, they were more committed to Doki Doki Panic than 
quickly shuffling together yeah. a new set of Mario 1 levels for Mario quote-unquote 2. Right. It's so, more of a Mario 2 than Lost Levels was. Yes. Like, so, like it, so eat it. Yes. Eat it, gentlemen. Um, but yeah, Zelda 2 was, again, the same thing of just like, game starts. There's no help at all. And it's Dark Souls, man. It's the exact same thing. And uh, But what's interesting is like a lot of the town names, like Ruto... Um, Saria, is in Saria they became sages, yeah. and uh, and there's one Mido who's a kid in Ocarina in the, in the Kokiri Forest. Um, but yeah, that's where a lot of those town names come from. And then when you get into the Zelda timeline, and this is kind of the impetus for all this, is the Hyrule Historia book that just came out. Amazing book. Amazing book. Buy it now. I don't care. Pause this. Go buy it. <laughs> and then resume while you're reading it. Hyrule Historia is really great. Um the timeline alone, I just poured over that thing over and over and over again. It's mm-hmm. so good. But I've now finished it, and I'm actually sad because there's nothing left for me to read. Well, so Zelda 2 is the most recent? Is that right? Or well, it depends the... on which tablet, okay. because after <laughs> Ocarina, they split into three different tablets. Even, okay. though, even though in the timeline, official Nintendo timeline, I'm like, there's still no reason why some of them are where they are. It's just well, like it made sense to shove it here, but but you, you, even in, even in the timelines, they're like this is a brand new Link in Zelda. It's like so this could have been you. Well, it's also worth mentioning that at the start of that timeline, they basically like give themselves they write themselves an out already that goes like history is so strange and it's hard to tell things that might not seem to matter now will matter in the future. Yeah. So basically saying we reserve the right to say none of this counts next Zelda game. Right. Um, well, I mean, that's the thing is a lot of the games, even in between the sequels, it's like generations pass. So yeah. it's like you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, but okay, but within its timeline... Within its Zelda, timeline, Zelda 2 is... is one of Zelda the 2 is the timeline that assumes in Ocarina of Time, Link is defeated. That goes to the... Defeated impri- by evil Ga- the, By Ganon. Okay, gotcha. um, and that leads to... The Imprisoning War, which is referenced at the beginning of Link to the Past, where right. the Sacred Realm is sealed, Ganon is inside of it, but then over time it turns into the Dark World. Um, and that leads into Link to the Past. And Link to the Past, over time, links into, leads into Link's Awakening, which mm-hmm. goes into the Oracle series, which that game, that whole series is just kind of goofball and weird. And I'm Let's like, say Ganon cul-de-sac, anyway. Like, Ganon's yeah, kind of cul- dealt with. Cul-de-sac. <laughs> But then that leads into Zelda 1 and then finally Zelda 2. Right. Um, so that's where that happens. But Zelda 2 is over. I mean, it's the Adventure Time if you need a modern comparison. It really is. Uh, the, the game for 3DS. Uh, Overworld, Zelda, like Link walking around. You hit enemies on the map. You go into a 2D side-scrolling thing where Link jumps and has mm-hmm. hit, hit points and magic points. And you and get all these up leveling and... up and you get all these spells. And, I mean, it's, it's still a very cool game. It's pretty tough, but, like, I... I still really like it, and I like the idea that it's an adult Link, or, you know, a 16, 17-year-old Link. And that cover is uh, the first Nintendo magazine I remember getting was Nintendo Fun Club News. Before it was Nintendo Power, it's a Zelda 2 cover of Link, like, walking away from this castle looking real serious, and it's like, wow, man, Link is so cool. <laughs> so we'll do a few songs from uh, Zelda 2. This is uh, the title screen, the overworld, and then the palace, which uh, if you played Smash Brothers Melee, you will know this song as well.
love the palace theme so much. It just it like much like the labyrinth song before. It has this tension to it, um, and it slowly builds. And and the whole game has that kind of warbling note. The yeah, it's all Which, like very like singing saw kind of. Like, yeah? You know how you put you can, the singing saw like you oh, can make the yeah, 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 like okay. that. Um, yeah. I also would say you mentioned Smash Brothers. I think that's another sign that like uh, Masahiro Sakurai, the famed director of the Smash Brothers series, I think he was a big Zelda Two fan. Like, cause he when the first Smash Brothers came out, Zelda Two was like a dirty word. Like, it was it, most Zelda fans kind of ignored it even. And so he brought back not only like that music, but Link's downward attack is yeah. the downward attack from Link from from. Zelda 2. The down thrust and up stab or up thrust yeah. or whatever. It's such a cool move. Um, and it's such a good move. Like, I, it's a one definitely worth spamming. Well, yeah. Down, when you get the down thrust, it's like the game, whole game changes. Like, yeah. everything changes. Uh, it's really great. I like how the uh, <clears throat> the overworld theme kind of plays with, like, anyone who played the original Zelda. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it starts yeah. out with the familiar part. And mm-hmm. I think when you're starting the game, you're right in front of Zelda, yeah, like, sleep- sleeping. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all, like, sort of familiar for a second. And then you get out there and you're in this weird overworld where enemies are yeah. moving around. And-, and then the music totally changes. And now you're like, well, this isn't what I remember. Yeah. My feet are out from under me. What's going on? <laughs> I am error. <laughs> what? The one weird thing about the overworld theme was, is that it, you didn't get to hear like the entirety of it often because you would run into a, an encounter and then they would have that quick little like do 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 yeah. oh the, the enemy music yeah right. and then once you got out of that you, the whole thing would just start all over again. again yeah yeah you'd have to be like on the dirt path yeah. which uh, at least keeps you safe from enemies unless they've already spawned in yeah. which case I like to live dangerously yes. stay off that path um, that brings us into the next game, which I think most of you will know. Come on, Henry. <laughs> yeah. And look at the Triforce pieces spinning around. I love it, man. The, like, that sound is... That, We're in the future. That is spinning Triforce pieces. <laughs> look at them! <laughs> Wait, they're going to lock up at the... Yes! Sword comes down. So, yeah, Link to the Past was uh, first Super NES one, obviously, mm-hmm. um, 92, was and it? returned to form, back to over overhead, and at the time, like, they even billed it as, like, this is the first game in the series, it takes place before, so that was kind of a weird, this takes place before, but it looks so much better, it's <laughs> kind of hard to fathom, yeah, but... It sort of is the start of his career, like, he, yeah, you, unlike in the other two where you're, you're Link, you save people, like, yeah. in this one... You're a scared kid whose uncle dies. Yeah, like, the opening of that is like, you know, cinematic before that was really yeah. a, a thing. Like, having to go in while it's pouring down rain and the sound of that extra rain. And then the next, when you get in the dungeon, like, the sound of your feet in the wet, in the ground, yeah. like, splashing around. Like, that is a Super NES sound chip made by Sony. Um, ironically enough, yeah. I think Kuduragi was the, yeah, he, the head on he that. He worked so. on it in secret yes. for a time. So great. <laughs> Um, and the cinematic moment when, like, you, you pull out the Master Sword. Like, yeah. when you get there, the, the animals move it, like, that are Oh, yeah, when you go into those like, woods and, like, the animals just part, like, the squirrels uh, and the birds and they, and the, the, the extra layer of fog and stuff that's over the Master Sword. So good. So, yeah, I mean, Zelda 
Well, this is, I was about to say Zelda 3, which dates me because mm. that's what we called it yeah. for the it longest was Zelda time. Zelda 3 in Japan. It was too. Zelda 3. But in the U.S., it was just linked to the past. They mm. never said, no one said Zelda 3. Only those who were reading about it in magazines called it Zelda 3 because it didn't have a subtitle. Yeah. Well, Mario was Mario 4, Mario yeah. World Mario 4 as well. Like, at, the, at a certain point, Nintendo decided, like, no, these aren't number new. It's either Super or a new subtitle. Like, yeah. It's not, we're not continuing yeah things. and that was good because super mario world felt a bit bigger yeah. than if it was just super mario 4 oh definitely um but and yeah uh yeah links to the past man it's uh, just huge just a huge mm. huge game that, and the, my favorite thing growing up playing that was again it was that sense of exploration and this is so massive and it's that feeling all over again um oh yeah but i'm 11 years old now so i, I have a little bit more of my head around it and then i really started developing this obsession with maps <laughs> so, like, looking at game maps and thinking, like, what were the people in this part of the map doing when I was at school? Or, <laughs> or like, when I would bring up the, 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 the Link to the Past overworld map and you can mode seven over the whole thing mm. slowly. Oh, or that's you, amazing. And, like, you could see the whole world. And it was like, this is crazy. Like, this is the whole game. And then you go into the dark world and realize, oh, my God, it's... <laughs> a whole other world and it's just as big as the one I already ran through. And I mean it's a huge game. I know. I couldn't that's what blew my mind when I first played it. Like I mean it's the upside down it, castle moment from Symphony of the Night. I shouldn't I shouldn't have uh I shouldn't have been tricked in the beginning or I don't even think they're trying to trick you, but when you're tasked with getting they do this knock arena as well. The three tasked you with getting the three things. Yeah. And then you have a boss fight and I seriously thought like well, this is this has been kind of long. I guess that's the end, and yeah, and then, and then like, boom, like, my head just like explodes. Like you are less than halfway. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah, in Ocarina, when I saw that, I was expecting it at that point. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah. then the, the but then the twist is now you're going forward through time and you get to become adult Link. So it's like it was still a twist. Yeah, it still defied your expectations. Although by then we knew adult Link was in it. When I went to the dark world and became the bunny for the first time, I was <laughs> yeah, like, what is super this? confusing. Um, oh, so nuts! Such a monstrously like it. It was. Yeah, I still think it, like there have been two D Zeldas since that one, and and Minish Cap I think got the closest to capturing like what was so special about yeah. Link to the Past. But Link to the Past is still the king of two D Zeldas. Yeah, of all the two D Zeldas, like that's that's the best. And mm-hmm. I mean, just all the little the, these clever little things. Like, when you're fighting blind the thief, and you have to like bomb the floor above him to let the sun come in, uh, and hit, like yeah. that's really clever. And you wouldn't like. Still in an era with no internet and not really... Well, there were strategy guides. those official Nintendo player's guides things. I mean, they were there, but... Yeah, but you also might think, like, back then, I wouldn't think a game could understand that. Like, yeah. you, would, you would think to yourself, well, logically that makes sense, but I've been used to NES games that erase everything that happened yeah. two seconds ago. Right. Like, yeah, and the notion that it would remember that you've bombed the floor above you, and mm-hmm. that there's floors, because that yeah. also was a thing. <laughs> uh, there being... Uh, I mean, you know, the other other ones had kind of sub-levels to them. Um, mm-hmm. But this, like, Link to the Past really played up the fact that you're going up and down through, a through a like, a cavern or something. Also, that introduced, like, the first big cuckoo fight. Like, fighting the, fighting the chickens. Oh, uh, the chickens, yeah. They're all flying at you. Yeah. Oh, such great. Um, I love that. Yeah. So let's, let's get into a few songs really quick. Um, so, again, this is uh, Kondo. Koji Kondo comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do Hyrule Castle, the Sanctuary Dungeon. And the Dark World theme, which is one of my favorites, and be back. Mm-hmm. 
And the Dark World theme has like this stepping up the game yeah. kind of feeling to it. Like it's not mm-hmm. your normal overworld because this did have the return of uh, kind of the overworld theme song that we know. But now with the Super NES fanfare that we've <laughs> all come to know and love. Um, so it repeats that. But then that Dark World like really steps it up with that kind of marching band, like the these drums that are very like militaristic kind of like lockstep like this is a world that's been overrun by the villain and not everything you knew is wrong and gone and flipped upside down and all the grass is brown and where's Saruman <laughs> and that dark tower is Sauron it's definitely something that works as like you've played through half of the game already you've like yeah. you've become used to this world and now it's kind of playing off that with this kind of dark theme and yeah. the, the only thing I reject about Link to the Past is his magenta hair I do not like that like, the what? his hair oh. his hair is like pink oh right I don't uh, yeah, I don't know. It also that. introduces this song. Oh, the fairy. The file select oh, kind of fairy tune, yeah. Um, I feel like it has been modified the least throughout the entire series. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Picking stuff. Yeah, this is also kind of the beginning of, like, uh, this Zelda lullaby thing you hear in Ocarina. So this song appears here for the first time. Ah, forgot. And then I'm kind of Ganon. This is Link to the Past. So you hear this in 64 as well. Not to mention oh, this. Yeah. Not to mention this as well. Wow. I forgot so many of the compositions appeared in. So, I mean, obviously not just important for being a fantastic game, but also important. It introduces so many things that will recur um, over and over again. Um, In the interest of keeping things moving along, that is the only songs we'll be playing from Link to the Past. But uh, So this this weird thing with Zelda music. Like, it's all good and fits what you're doing, but there's only a handful of songs per game that I would actually feel like I want to listen to. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm kind of omitting some stuff. But even then, it's also like, just with Castlevania, I have to make some judgment calls because... (laughs) Yeah, or else I, it's a five-hour episode. Otherwise, yeah, this will take forever. Um, that moves us into uh, Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. which I have to admit, like, Nintendo Power 50 comes to mind because that was the cover of the 50th issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a Game Boy by then, but for some reason I was not totally sold on the idea of a black and white. Like, I was like, the game's too big. Like, I can't wrap my head around trying to play that on a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think me, uh, Miyamoto and his team like took that as a challenge. Like, can we put yeah. this on a Game Boy? Like, and I think what they did with it in retrospect, when I went and played it way later, I'm like, it is super creative mm-hmm. and like it was weird. I actually started playing it when I was watching Twin Peaks. Yeah, like just total total <laughs> happenstance. And then I was started reading up on it, and it was like, there's actual interviews where they they reference Twin Peaks. Like yeah. that was a, an inspiration for like this town filled with weirdos mm. saying and doing weird things. And it feels like a dream the whole time yeah. and just all weird. And, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I'm like Link to the, Link's Awakening. It was something I didn't really play at the time, but looking mm. back and when I play it now cuz it's on uh, you know, 3DS. Yeah, the DX versions on the 3DS yeah. one. And that was really cool. I think it's also uh yeah, it it started this thing where like the main series game, they it's the Tolkien fantasy adventure. Like it's the, right. the total, you know, they do variations on it definitely, but it's the high fantasy one. And so yep. when they do the Gaiden games, like like Link's Awakening, they decide to get weird. And I and that's and they're all all the handheld ones by that definition are really weird. Yeah, and I like that. I like that Zelda like can half the time be 
odd and yeah. isn't afraid to get weird. And then the core components are still the same. I'm still mm-hmm. like finding X of this thing to yeah. collect this to go fight the bosses, and I get similar power ups. All your items in this yeah. pretty much same order. Although the thing with Link's Awakening that was cool is you get the rock fat that'll let you jump. So I that was like an yeah. overhead Zelda where I can ju- 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 jump. <laughs> Um, and I like that you could swim in that one too. Yeah, and very, I feel like this is a lot of people's first Zelda. Um, I think so too. It yeah. has a weird place, or a very special place in a lot of people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, also, worth a quick mm-hmm. thing I want to mention is that uh, Takeshi Tezuka gets a ton of. I think if people are finally starting to give him credit for his background with Mario, like people. I think give Miyamoto too much credit and ignore Tezuka's part mm-hmm. in Mario's history. But Tezuka also has a big part in Zelda history too, particularly the handheld ones. Like he was the, I, I think he was one of the top guys developing on this game. Like he worked mm. a lot on on Link's Awakening and on the Oracle games as well. Like he he has a long history with Zelda too. I I tried to get him to comment on something about a 3DS Zelda, an original one, and he's like he mm. just would not say anything. Wow. But, yeah. Um. Well, speaking of people who are have like long tail uh, involvement with Nintendo things, the soundtrack mm. is Kazumi Totaka. Oh ah, man! So you're getting the Totaka song. Uh, Toto KK himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Animal Crossing, Mario Paint, and of course Henry. What are some games where his uh, sneaky song shows uh, up? I know it's in Luigi's Mansion. It's uh, oh man. There's a great YouTube video you can watch. There, yeah. like this dude, which you some know, guy found all, seemingly on the set of Saved by the Bell, is <laughs> like is pointing out all this stuff. But it's really cool. Um, it's yeah. just a song that's been embedded and hidden in dozens of games. And until until uh, Animal Crossing fans became aware of of the character of him through the character KK Slider, yeah, people didn't even realize his like long history of making Nintendo songs. And he's definitely. Compared to Koji Kondo, he's also a weirder guy. He makes mm. weirder songs. Well, he's a dog with the ukulele. Yeah, it's exactly. true. Uh, shows up every night at the train tracks at ten o'clock. <laughs> now he's going to be. Now KK Slater is a DJ. Is he uh, in the next about, game? I don't know if I like that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm open for it. I'm is he still singing with that weird uh, voice? He has to. Man, woe! I rue the day. Woe is the day when they actually give him a voice, and he's like, "Hey, I'm KK Slatter." <laughs> That'll be the end of Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what does them in. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do some uh, Link's Awakening. Oh wait, sorry. So I'm kind of bundling stuff together here um, okay. to get the handheld things kind of together. Uh, this jumps ahead a bit, but we've been talking about the Oracle games, and because they share so much DNA, Link's Awakening and Oracle of Seasons and Ages... They seem like they're on the same engine. They're like, Nintendo like just the handed same, Capcom yeah. the engine. So yeah, almost. Capcom and Nintendo worked together to make Oracle of Seasons and Ages. It was originally planned to be three games, and it became two games, and these passwords transfer between them, so like if you beat Seasons at the end, you get a password, you put that in at the beginning of playing mm-hmm. Ages, it now remembers all the decisions and things you made, so that it's a convoluted way of getting this, but you can actually... Two Zelda games launched on the same day in 2001, and it was Oracle of Seasons and Ages, and that's kind of crazy. And the only way to get the real ending is to play and beat both, and then you end up fighting a resurrected Ganon, and that's how you actually get the true ending. Ages is so hard. Ages Ages was always designed to be this puzzly, tricksy one, whereas Seasons was supposed to be more akin to Zelda 1. Yeah. Um, but 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 a little more guiding, even though it's mm. still just like figure it out. But I like your animal friends that you get in those games. There, yeah, I get them confused with the Kirby animal friends. So well, like, like Ricky, yeah, <laughs> is he a kangaroo? Oh yeah, Ricky. The but kangaroo. then I think Ricky is I like the a hamster bear. in Kirby. Yeah, I don't remember. 
Uh, sorry, I can't remember their names either. Yeah, Maybe but, I don't like them that much. Yeah, I yeah. Though that game unfortunately came out like what three months before the GBA came out. Like it I was, think it was literally one month before the GBA. It was a really came bad out. time. I still think it's. I believe it wasn't seen as like a failure. Like it sold. It sold copies. I'm sure but, it did. Since the GBA still played those games. I mean, yeah. I think it was like one or maybe two months ahead of the GBA launching. But yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And then the GBA thing happened in Minish Cap. Yeah, Minish Cap. Uh, for the U.S., January 05. I mean, mm. the DS had already been out two months, although wow. the DS's launch was pretty bad, so yeah. <laughs> you know, there wasn't really much to take your mind off of it. Nope. Um, however, by December 05, the DS was rolling in games. Mm-hmm. And money. And money. Um, and they took their money that, all and, the way to the bank. And that, <laughs> where they deposited <laughs> for the future. Um, and that's even before the DS Lite and Brain Age and everything else blew up. Like There was already tons of great stuff. Anyway, um, so going into... Uh, Oracle of Seasons would be uh, Minako Adachi, who did music for Yggdra Union and I think Black Pokemon Black and White. Huh. Uh, uh, that sounds weird, but apparently? Uh, that sounds believable. <laughs> um, I'll take that. Uh, but yeah, so we'll do two songs from Link's Awakening, which is Tal Tal Heights, which is like the go-to great song from Link's Awakening, as well as Sword Search, which plays a bit earlier in the game. And then into Tarm Ruins from Oracle of Seasons and Skull Dungeon and the Overworld from... Um, Oracle of wait sorry Skull Dungeon is Oracle of Ages but then Overworld is or it, it's Oracle of Seasons but it's also Link's Awakening so that'll be a good one to bring us back in and I think okay. everyone will bond over that song yeah. so we'll be back.
Good times. Roaming the overworld. Um, but, man, that, that Skull Dungeon really reminds me of Castlevania 2. Mm. There's just like a crunchy aggressiveness to it, even uh-huh. though it's kind of a slower song. It just has that kind of Castlevania music sound to it where it's a little bit more imposing. Because the rest of that music's pretty bouncy. Um, yeah, pretty yeah. happy, although the, both those games are very flighty and weird anyway, so it makes sense that uh, all three of those games, I should say. So I think Awakening was one of the first ones that made music very important in the story of the game, too. Hmm, there is an ocarina, although it was a flute, yeah. uh, ever since Zelda 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Link's Awakening, I mean, it's about the it, wind fish yeah, and you all that stuff. Yeah, him with the song of the wind fish, you gotta collect all the, the magical instruments and that wakes them up yeah. i wonder if they started making you know and then ocarina forget about it but i, I wonder if they started making music important in the storyline because the music was so well regarded in the games mm. like the same with wind waker like wind waker ocarina like the music is gameplay in that. yeah i guess twilight princess well there's still musical elements mm-hmm. but uh, it finally starts to get away from leaning so heavily on it even though you still have like Howling with the Wolves. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that brings us to Ocarina of Time, which, of course, much like Zelda 1, is kind of like a where do you even really start. Um, so the gap between Link to the Past and Ocarina was six years. Pretty um, big. So imagine, like, that doesn't really happen. I guess Zelda's the, kind of one of the few franchises still gets away with it. that still, like, puts that much time between main entries. Because, yeah, Twilight to Skyward was oh, five six, years. Oh, 06 to 11. Yeah. And... I think it's sha- I think it's shaping up to like they're going to have a fast turnaround for the Skyward to the Wii U one of maybe I think we'll be very lucky if it's 2014 when the Wii yeah. U Zelda comes out. I would be surprised if they show it this year. Nah, but no I way. mean it may be like that. It overshadow. Nah, yeah, I bet E3 2014 or a Nintendo Direct in early 2014. Right yeah, out. Out yeah. early 2015, actually. They'll say Let's say fall 2014, then delay it to 2015. Okay. <laughs> I, I still feel like they'll try to hit the fall, because like, they need that. They need They need, they need it. But, yeah. But anyways. Um, but, I mean, they'll have Smash Brothers, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they're going to announce it this year. And I, if they want to repeat Brawl, I mean, that came out in March or April or something. Yeah, so, so. March 2014. And, well, meanwhile, they got if they had a 3D Mario to be their fall, that... 3D Mario and Mario Kart and Pic- Wind Waker remake is their Wind fall Waker thing. remake plus Pikmin's yeah. in there somewhere. That's gonna that'll that'll make a good fall for them. I mean that's that's pretty good. I'll yeah. buy and oh and the Yarn Yoshi game too. Yeah. I mean I'll buy that too. But anyways, anyway, neither here nor there. Um yeah, Ocarina of Time, like I'm trying to like Link's Awakening was in between those things, but as far as console games, it was a six year gap and it's like you've waited all this time and to see something like Ocarina, which was a true reimagining. I mean, it was Mario 64 all over again, where yeah. Mario 64 was just this, you absolutely can't wrap your mind around. If you've been doing this since the games were invented, like mm. the original Mario Brothers in arcade, and then see Super Mario Brothers on the NES, like, wow, that's cool. And then to Mario 64, is just like, it's mm-hmm. so hard to wrap your mind around. Like they actually envisioned a world that you can go play with, and the goal isn't necessarily just to get to a flagpole at the end. It's like just go play. Yeah, <laughs> you're a kid. Shut up. Just enjoy yourself. Well, and, then, it- and then Zelda: Ocarina of Time, which again I keep calling it Zelda 64 because that's what we it all was, called it. Yeah, for ma- in magazines for months, it yeah. was years. It was Zelda 64. Yeah. That was for a while. It was supposed to be on the disc drive, right? Yeah, it was a 64 DD game. No. Yeah, but then that's what it was supposed to be. 
Um, much like Zelda One was in the disc. Yeah. Well, but, and yeah, the, in Japan they did give out a Master Quest on the sixty four DD. We eventually did get that on the pre order disc. Mm, good times. The Ura, not it wasn't Ura Zelda, but it was the Master I, Quest. I remember when Ocarina of Time came out. The reviews were like the best. The yeah, most. it was like all tens for everything. I wouldn't say they were even hyperbolic for the time, though. Now when you look back, I remember. I think it was an EGM review that, or no, it was the IGN one, but it was like. That it was like they put a mirror up to the, the real world, and it was as <laughs> dense. The world in that game was as dense and huge as the real world. Yeah, which is too. That's a bit much. <laughs> it's a bit much, but it's like it's indicative of like what what it, what, it, what it meant. Like mm-hmm. that was it was too big mm-hmm. of a game. Like it was a massive, massive game. It was a massive undertaking. It was that's why like it was kind of supposed to be a '97 game that it came out in '98 was. Because I think they underestimated just how monstrous it was. So. Yeah. And so then you actually get out into the Hyrule Field. And when you actually step out finally onto Hyrule Field, that was the actual, like, I can't say physical, but I might as well, representation of what it felt like as a kid mm-hmm. to go out in the Zelda overworld. Even though you can only see one screen at a time, that's what it felt like. So Ocarina to me is this great example of when you make a new game in a series. It needs to feel as cool as you remember it being when you were a kid. You can't just do the thing again, mm-hmm. again, with better graphics. Like, that's not enough. It has to trigger the same response, which means an escalation over time. You have to keep living up to the nostalgia. And that doesn't mean repeat what you've done. That means realize, how do we recreate that feeling of immersion, of of a real world-building game today? And it's like, well, 3D is the only way. It's the yeah. only answer. So what do we do? Well... We'll look at Link to the Past. There's a t- there's a town. We need more than one town. We can have different races. So what kind of race do we want? We've always talked about Zoras in the water. What if they had their own race? Um, so that just it builds to this huge, huge game that at the time was just absolutely phenomenal. And there is no way to overstate how impressive and cool it was. If you watched any of those faps that we did. And I hopefully don't have to contextualize FAP, but uh, <laughs> uh, what was it? Full access preview? Full access playthrough. playthrough. In that, those cases, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were playthroughs. So you two were fapping together. Fapping together. A lot of us were. <laughs> um, I played through every Zelda dungeon, Ocarina of Time, in 2011, right before I left uh, journalism. So it's a great send-off, and they're all on YouTube, I think. And if you want to see me play through Ocarina for like the first time in 10 years and cuss constantly... Uh, From the delay, uh, you're playing the the Wii, first the yeah. first four dungeons had this weird uh, like d- play control delay where right. I was like a half second behind, and then finally I think after no not the first three there's just like a couple where I think that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it was awful, and then finally it gets fixed. But I, I, it's just great like revisiting that and being like well, how much I hated playing through it again. <laughs> then I reviewed the 3ds one and it, like it fixes a lot it fixes some stuff but it's still a game that's very much like there's just moments where i don't know you figure it out yeah which when it was, I was the first thing that yeah it yeah. was when i was a teenager done, i had that kind of yeah. time and as an adult i'm like i don't have that kind of time yeah. tell me what i'm supposed to do but the fact that it's so open like it was the first of its kind really like z targeting who'd done that before yeah well Mega Man Legends had a very similar thing just right. mere months before, but welcome. All right, come on. But uh, uh, Zelda, yeah, it kind of took the idea, you know, it improved it and ran with it, and it became a very common thing. Mm-hmm. The whole, I mean, Z targeting is a phrase for a reason. Yeah, um, you use the Z button to do it. It was the first of its kind. That's why 
like say if you were making a list of the top 100 games to play right now, yes. the reason you wouldn't put Ocarina on there is because they Nintendo and everyone else learned from that game. Yeah, it was such a pioneer. Yeah. You could only improve upon it. Like yeah. well no, you couldn't only improve upon. It. There were some games that were didn't get what was awesome about Zelda, but mostly you could copy it and improve upon it in some small way. Yeah. And I still feel like I, I wish there was a game that was just a, the true spiritual successor to Ocarina. Because, Twilight was supposed to well, be Well, that. that's the thing is I love Twilight Princess. I really do. But the problem with problem with it being that is half the game you're a wolf. So yeah. it's not the, it's not a real like there's a gimmick to it. There's a, there's a bit. And also uh, you have to use the motion controls to waggle. Well, not in the real game. But, but if you're playing the GameCube one, you get this side like, why isn't it widescreen? This seems like an artificial thing that's been limited yeah. to it. It's not a big deal to me necessarily, but it's like, why? Mm-hmm. It's just I don't like knowing that there's a game, there's a version of it where I can see more of the of the playfield without the. It's like there's no yeah, there's it, no perfect. It's, version. it's hard to decide mm-hmm. that's the version of Twilight Princess you should play because well, I beat the Twi- well, I beat the Wii one and got halfway through the GameCube one and was like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. If I didn't have a Wii when this is completely good. Yeah, that wolf thing. Well, and I was also unfortunate for Nintendo that like Okami. Was they were like, made. Yeah, I don't think they had any idea of Okami's no, existence. No, certainly not. But they were they were making their wolf thing, and then Capcom was making their Wolf Zelda game <laughs> released and, just two months before. Yeah, Okami comes out if, thanks to Twilight Princess having a very long <laughs> development run. Okami gets announced in between and released. Yeah. And, yeah. and and is a Zelda homage itself. Yeah. Like on top of You're that. You're a Zelda wolf. Yeah. You're both. Though it didn't have as many Miyazaki ish touches. That's true. I, yeah, so good, though. But Ocarina. Yeah, Ocarina. Let's just get into some songs. Uh, let's see. Hyrule Field, which is interesting because that is kind of the first time you get to this big open. Oh, and yeah. and yeah. this is a great thing. The first time you step up and the P hats, the spinning things, like. In Zelda 1, they're really tiny, like, they're the same size as you, and they just fly around, and then when they stop moving, that's when you can hurt them. In Ocarina, they are massive, and they come flying at you like a Michael Bay helicopter, like, <laughs> crashing into the ground with, like, choo, 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 the, the blades digging into the ground, like, and, and you turn, like, what is that noise? And you turn around, oh my god! And, like, <laughs> that's how big they are? Like, that's really, that, that was one of those moments where I'm like, this is so cool. Uh, and that was the first time Michael Bay was ever referenced... Uh, alongside Zelda probably <laughs> in a positive <laughs> and sense. hopefully the last time um, so Hyrule Field again notable because it's not the main theme yeah. which never appears in, in Ocarina um, the strange. Lost Woods which you kind of have to do and then Zora's Domain which is just this super relaxing watery uh, typical water music and we'll be back
It's so pretty. <laughs> remember, music is your hint in the Lost Woods. Like, oh yeah, song. as you and that's another interesting note to point out is like the the field as you walk around. Like, there's a lot of contextual music, and Mario sixty four did this too, where like the the backbeat would change, the instrumentation would change, it would add layers or remove layers. So like. When enemies show up on the field, it'll like this would kind of get heavier. Mm-hmm. Like the Joker's theme from uh, <laughs> Dark Knight, with this buzzing would kind of start. Like every time an enemy was near, um, and then yeah, like you said, the Lost Woods. You kind of have to follow the tune and mm-hmm. get through to find. Uh, Man, that start screen of Ocarina. Just while, like when you turned on your the your N sixty four like for the first time to play the game, and you see what is just. Epona and Link riding around the field of the game, like it looks like it's there. It never ends. Like you're never out of the world. Yeah. You know? oh, so there you go, Henry. Tell me more. <laughs> well, and just seeing the day and night cycle around. Day and night and, cycle was cool. And Twilight Princess, kind of again trying to be the spiritual successor to to this game. It copies it with an intro. Uh, with That's Epona true. Or yep. Link. Yeah. It's it's so great. Also. Like, even, like, Sheik plays music to teach yeah. you things. Like, she's got, uh, oh, spoilers. Whoops. <laughs> uh, Sheik is, has, you know, her harp to go with Link's ocarina. Ocarina's that, uh, I liked that, I feel like it was the last ad in Nintendo Power was the <laughs> ad for that ocarina that they had it for, was, like, a decade. It was there for many years. Yes. I think in the last issue they even say, like, and the first Ocarina ad appeared in issue like fifty, and I'm like, wow, yeah, that was in there a while. They were yeah. good. They were a good advertiser for this. This is probably Power. my favorite of the Ocarina songs you learned, the Bolero of Fire. Yeah. Oh, I like this one a lot. So, did you guys put any creativity into your Scarecrow theme, or did you just do up, 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 up. Yeah. yeah? I should have just done that. I I made a one I couldn't. I made one I couldn't remember. Of course, right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh, this water temple crap. Ooh, so many Man. bad memories. And going back and playing it again, I was like, no, this is as bad as I remember. Yeah. It's it's horrible. I hate People it. People didn't uh, give. It wasn't hyperbole uh, in in your time since it is. It's bad, like yeah. it's or too big, too big for its britches. Like that's the problem. And man, the Twilight Princess one is pretty obnoxious as well. Yeah, uh, there are worse. Now the things- 3DS version tries to get around it and adds like you know a little bit of a guiding path to what to do, but it's still just like I don't want to be in here. There are worse things than having too complex of game design, but you know. Usually, Nintendo knew the line of yeah. Zelda complexity. It's just like I don't, I don't mind a dense puzzle. Mm-hmm. I mind dense puzzles combined with clumsy interfaces where I have to take something off and put something on yeah. over and over again, only through a start menu. And every guess I make that's wrong sets me back multiple minutes. And yeah, on top of trying to do a puzzle and fight with the controls and navigation, like that's too many things stacking on top where it's like, I don't want to do this. And the three DS one gets alleviates that a bit where you can one touch boots on, boots off, boots boots on, boots off. And as well as there's some kind of guiding path, like this will lower it to this level. This will lower the water to this level. And they sort of give you like, um, like landing light, airstrip lights to show you, this is the door where (laughs) the thing is. And I know like people like, Oh, it's not hard. It's like, well, yeah, if you've played it, multiple times I'm, anyone uh, can memorize anything that's not the important that's ma- not the point yeah. the point is of the however many millions of people bought it i guarantee 
a high percentage, it was a shelf moment. They just like, yeah. I, I, I don't know, I quit. <clears throat> or, I, or I'm going to look it up because everything up to this point was, I can figure this out with just mm-hmm. a little bit of time. And that yeah, was the, the first temple. puzzle. And to this day, the only temple that I've ever just been like, I don't, I don't care how I solve this. <laughs> what made me quit the game was I beat that water temple with a guy, and I did buy the guy and didn't do it. But after I beat it, I for some reason didn't look in the guide about how to get the light arrows. That's, to look that's up. also pretty so confusing. Like, that's a stu- yeah, that's a stupid thing. Like look up at the, that's like a that's like a PC game, like a PC hmm. adventure game kind of. It game. does veer on that. Like oh, you got to look at this when the sun's rising at this spot and shoot an arrow into it, and then yeah, that's the fire arrows. I guess once my friend finally told me that's how you get the light arrows, I'm like, well, who would have thought of that? Come <laughs> yeah, on, there's a bit of that. Then I went back and finished it. Yeah. Um, no, I think I did that whole thing. Uh, I know there was a Prima guide, I think, at the time, but I didn't I get it. The Prima guide. I didn't get it till after the fact to find all the sculptures. How do people get screens back then, man? Uh, taking a picture of the TV with the lights off. <laughs> that man to do the Prima guide for the, the Ocarina. Oh, yep. must have been yep. hell. I I'm hope sure that guy was... at least got paid good money. <laughs> I'm okay sure it was. Money. I'm sure it was a horrible ordeal. Uh, we'll do three more songs really quick of Ocarina. This is the Shop, which I only play because of the. Talk Radar Game Deals Connection, which is so, so burned into my head. The Windmill Hut, because it's one of those songs that we all love. And then we'll end with, of course, Gerudo Valley, which, even though it's super overplayed, if a game song can be overplayed, uh, there's a reason it is. And we'll be back.
and I've written this elsewhere before, but the the reason I keep playing up Gerudo Valley, why it's such a big deal, is like that's not a Zelda song. That mm-hmm. sounds like that's a lot. That's actual like let's make a song that sounds different. That the instrument, the, the instruments they chose, the way it sounds, it's very much an influenced by the real world. Like I'm trying to approximate a sound mm-hmm. of some kind of Latin area, and that coming through is very neat like that that's yeah. not a that's not a thing that nintendo or zelda games really did they were like mm. here's our adventure music and that's it this was something very in, uh specific and getting there in that area that late in the game and being like wow this this feels really intense and kind of climactic and really really cool mm-hmm. and also i mean that's where you know this is where ganondorf came from so you're mm. kind of like ooh, spooky they but also it's... seem way less than you know like the uh the gorons and you know the other races they, they, they all seem like different species but Gerudo just seemed like different people, and different. like this is like the kind of music they might play. Yeah, well, they were such outsiders and so unwelcoming. Like they didn't want you. Yeah. They're like, hey, you can't come in here. The Go. forced stealth area of uh, Valkyrie. Oh, you think? I remember <laughs> thinking I could get in there with a mask. Like I just bought the Gerudo mask, and which I always called them the Gerudos for a very long time. But uh, I don't know, maybe. But yeah. I came in wearing the the mask like you can buy at the store. Yeah. They're like, well, you think that fools us? Get out of here. <laughs> but they wrote it. They at least wrote a thing for them That's to say pretty cool. in reaction. Like, um, and then, of course, the windmill hut, which, um, man, one of my favorite moments was like, I think leaving PAX or Comic-Con. I can't remember which one. It's either... I want to say New York Comic-Con, but walking outside... In what seems like the perpetually bombed out Javits Center, um, which always feels like <laughs> it's being repaired from some like twisted metal battle that happened outside, but it uh, somebody playing the windmill song like with oh, a wow. with, with change in front of them because they know like this is the crowd that'll get it, <laughs> and it's just this dude with an accordion standing out front. Oh wow. Man, and playing awesome. this, and I'm like, yeah, I gotta give you a dollar, man. Like, I, I, I have to. I remember Pax Prime hearing a sax man play some some video game music. Did but, he testify? Uh, no. <laughs> he also played um, the uh, George Michael. Uh, oh, uh, Careless Whisper. Yes. Uh, uh, so many good memories of that song. Yeah, one. Uh, but that brings <laughs> that brings us to the end of uh, part of, one. Part one of the Zelda episode, and I know there's so much else that wasn't in the show. I get it, but it's just it's hard, man. It's, I'm so busy. I just I just want I just want to make a show that we talk about game music. I'm not, I'm not leaving things out on purpose. Um, but yeah, so that leaves us with the rest of you know Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Phantom Hourglass, Majora. Majora's Mask, um, uh, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks is really good music. Um, Easy to forget. Minish Cap, uh, lots of good stuff in there. So, so just imagine this is the point at which we're pulling out the Master Sword. Yes, <laughs> we're going into the future. Yeah. Um, so I want to end with a song that's barely related. Um, okay. So over 10 years ago, which is just depressing to think about, <laughs> when I was working at Toys R Us, also <laughs> depressing to keep bringing this up, uh uh, overclocked. It's an overclocked song. Uh-huh. Um, but on my one of the CDs I would play when I'm working in the storeroom or an assembly or you know which is with bikes and power wheels and stuff put together. Um, I would play. I made overclocked CDs. Yeah. And I had volume one, volume two, volume three, and I'd listen to them. And people would be like, "Oh, it's pretty good." Um, and one of them is called the Ocarina Boogie, and uh, by the Black Lodge, and it. And I never really understood why it was tagged Zelda. Um. 
the ocarina stuff is just really cool in it and it really like this song takes me back to a very specific like 2002 2003 time period like it it's really burned in my brain and it just kind of it means something to me in this weird related zelda thing even though it sort of isn't um but it's really good and i if you haven't heard this before i think you'll like it and i just wanted to close that out with this and give a shout out to ocremix.org super great site um thanks for listening vgempire.com comments please mm-hmm. they make me happy i just uh, like to are know we plugging plus plus there's <laughs> been some comments that people have left that like actually have like good uh suggestions or other songs or further ideas or further thoughts about the stuff we talked about in the episode and that stuff's really interesting to me and i try to get it and comment back whenever i, I go and look on the site and it it mm-hmm. warms my heart you all you monsters <laughs> who don't comment <laughs> Um, Let's plug away. Okay. Hey, by the way, if you like comic books and podcasts that Brett's on a good number of times, uh, there's Cape Crisis, my comic book podcast on lasertimepodcast.com. Also, as I alluded to a couple times on here, I write for a video game website called gamesradar.com. We're pretty, we're pretty cool. And we just did a top 100 in the, in the top, the top 100 games of all time to play right now, guys. Uh, in the in the top ten are two Zelda games, the Wind Waker and Link to the Past. Get in there, so check that out and other things. I think I probably contributed to that list two years ago. So. Yeah, yeah, you were the part of the original. You were part of the original version of that list, and you gave us all the guts to put Wind Waker in the top ten. They're like, should we? Should we? I don't know. I'm yes. scared. Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> Dave, uh, I host Cheap Popcat, Cheap Popcast. Uh, Brett, you were on the most recent episode. And um, oh, while we're talking about uh, Zelda remixes, mm-hmm. uh, The Ocarina of Rhyme by Team Teamwork. I highly recommend it. It's hip-hop songs mixed with Ocarina of Time songs. And ah, even if you don't like ah, rap, nice. you will like, like they have Busta Rhymes with the Gerudo theme. Like, I could, that's ah, all I can think of. It, right. It's pretty good. I, I recommend it. And my show, Cheap Podcast, Less Fat. Official Xbox magazine, good, but you're not going to see any Zelda in there. So. That's true. Anyway. All right. Taking us out. Black Lodge Ocarina Boogie. See you next time. Mm